Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome back to the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 473. Freedom from social media. Stop looking for something that just isn't there. Good morning, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm, create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll break down the real-world impact of social media on productivity, what life can look like if you take a break from your digital life, and the power of habits, especially when it comes to searching for something you never actually find, and probably never will. Let's get to it. Is it time to leave Twitter? You know, social media has always had a place in my adult life. But should it? You know, I've taken breaks before. I have deleted the apps from my phone. I have literally walked away and blocked social on my computer for hours on end while I work and focus or just to make sure I never get distracted. But the ultimate question becomes, what's the point of these apps? Do we need them? Is it healthy? Should we approach productivity from a new perspective when we fully understand the potential negative repercussions of what social media can become? especially through that lens of wanting to be a healthy and productive individual. Really asks the question or begs the question, is there a better way to connect, to market your products and services, to stay in touch with friends and family, to follow trends, or to just simply know what's going on in the world? Do we need these apps? Are they helpful? Are these services beneficial? Or do we need a serious break? Potentially one that could last forever. So this week, I'm going to break down what I'm calling freedom from social media, or really this idea that we need to stop looking for something that isn't there. What that means is the dopamine hit. We are looking, searching, desperately trying to find what we used to get. I'll be very specific here. What I used to get from social Back in the day, let's, let's age me for a second, way back when Facebook first launched, and by the way, I'm about the same age as Facebook's founder, which puts me in a whole different classification of an old millennial, but side story there. Because of social media really came on for me during my college years, what that means is that it has been something that I have been basing a lot of my adult relationships on. And a lot of what I seek out from the internet is based upon that connection between using the internet for, let's say, Googling something, researching something, using tools, but also the social connection. It all comes together as one experience. And in the past, when I would go to a social site like Facebook, I was connecting with people. I was posting photos. I was watching other people's videos and their live stories being played out and I was getting a legitimate dopamine hit that was valuable, that was meaningful, that was something special. It was. It was very important to me for a long time because it was new. So, I mean, for a lot of my life, like that didn't exist. And then when it did, all of a sudden it provided something that I didn't have from any other source. But that faded. 
that's no longer true or it's no longer as true as it used to be. So when I say stop looking for something that isn't there, I am talking about looking for a dopamine hit, looking for value that probably for most of us doesn't actually exist anymore. What social media has become, what we have found ourselves in is this really goofy place. And I say goofy because someone like me is still looking for what Facebook used to be. I am still desperately trying to reconnect with a world that honestly isn't there anymore. And so when I go to social media and I'm looking for that dopamine hit and then I don't get it, it's disappointing. It's disheartening because here I am working through my day and thinking, I'll check in on my friends and family. Mm, That's not really what happens. Yes, I do get updates. Yes, you can stay connected. Yes, there is still value there. It's not dead, right? Social is not going anywhere for a long, long time, if ever. But the ways in which we interact with these platforms can and will change. They can and will pivot, and we have to evolve in this process and on a regular basis, ask those questions like, where am I now? What value do these things hold in today's world? So for me, 15 years ago, uh, Facebook and and especially Instagram uh, later on became these platforms that for me were based upon these actual real world relationships. They were allowing me to connect in a deeper way with people I actually know. But that's not really true anymore. Many of my closest friends uh, from college, from my 20s, from my early 30s, like a lot of these people that I know in real life don't use social hardly at all, if at all. So I'm not actually connecting with the people I probably want to the most. So then who are these people that I'm finding online? For the most part, they're people I only know online. They're people I've connected with digitally, and that's the end of the relationship. And I'm I'm not going to argue that's a fake relationship, but it kind of is. The depth that I get from an in-person conversation isn't there online. It's not there from the people that I really want to connect with on a deeper level. Now, there have been times, of course, where you'll meet someone online, and then later on, you'll meet in person, and there's a better connection because you have a foundation laid. You know something about this person. You've talked to them before, potentially, through these apps. I'm not saying this is all bad, right? There's a lot of ways where these social connections can and will be enhanced because we have these tools we never had before, right? The value element will always exist, but that doesn't mean that there should be a significant place for these apps in your life. That It doesn't mean you have to stop your work in the middle of the day to look at Twitter or stop what you're doing to go post something to Instagram right now because it matters so much. It might have before. Social media may have meant something to you, to your business, to your real-world relationships and real-world connections. It may have had value before. But I have to ask the question, are you still there? Is that still true? For some people, let, let's take the example of you're a business owner and you use the, the, you know, the power of social to connect your brand, your products, your services to consumers. 
you know, I do that here on this podcast. I have podcast ads. I have products and services that I offer myself. You've heard those on this show before. Yes, of course, I'm going to leverage whatever tools I have to bring my value to the world in the business sense. That's always going to exist. But for the average person who's using these apps really just to do the thing you think you're doing, which is to stay connected, to know what's going on, to look at pictures of the next baby that was born in the neighborhood. But you, you want that value. And I would argue that the on a scale of 1 to 10, let's say, 15 years ago, for me, Facebook, Instagram even, was an 8, 9 on that scale. It was very valuable. I really liked it. And I would go out of my way to post on it. I would go out of my way to make sure that I was always checking in. But over time, the value began to drop from, an, let's say, eight or a nine down to a five or a six, down to a three or a four, down to a one or a two, like really, really not valuable. But this is when things get interesting. I didn't change my behavior. I was essentially addicted. It had been baked into my life, baked into my habits, baked into what I know of the internet, what I know of my phone especially, is that this is a device that I use to check in on these apps, to see what's happening, to post life updates. My behavior didn't change over time, but the value I was receiving was slowly but surely going down. I'll use a good example here of I have a community on my Facebook account uh, for the 5 a.m. miracle, right? So if you go to jeffsanders.com slash community, you can find my Facebook group. And there are over 10,000 members in the group. Uh, maybe it's higher than that now. But there's a lot of people in this online community that when I first launched this community, it was an essential part of this podcast. It was a big deal. I really enjoyed my interactions with my community in that specific location. So I would check in every single day, multiple times a day, to have conversations, to do back and forths between me and you, the listeners on this podcast. But over time, as the algorithms were updated, as changes took place, that group became less and less valuable because it was literally reaching fewer and fewer people. And so those conversations began to dwindle. The value began to erode and for me, at some point, I just kind of gave up on it, which I feel bad about. It feels like something that, yes, it's still there. You can still connect with other people who listen to this show and have read the book. That's still true. But my personal engagement in the community basically stopped. And as much as I feel like, well, I should go re-engage, right? I feel this guilt that I should go be a part of this community that I built. But I don't want to. And I don't want to because I know, logically speaking, that it's kind of a waste of time. And I'm not saying that I don't want to talk to you, my listeners. What I'm saying is when you talk about these algorithms and talk about this social interaction that's just, it's missing what it used to be. It has faltered to a point where it's almost become completely useless to me. And I'll give a good example here. I deleted the apps on my phone that I had. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. I had all four of those apps on my phone for years, maybe a decade. And about a month, month and a half ago, I deleted those apps from my phone, which I've done in the past numerous times. But this is the longest I've had those apps deleted 
And this is the least engaged I've ever felt with social. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. I've reached a point now where just last night, this is a good example too. Last night, I decided for the first time in probably a month, I was going to go actually post something on Facebook. So I took a picture. I posted it. I had a funny little story. Okay, great. But almost immediately, I had this sense of, of this is not what it was to me. I don't feel that same sense of, ooh, I need to go check on Facebook to see who likes my post, who commented, right? That, that, that's the dopamine hit. That's the thing we want. When you post on social, the draw is then to go back and see who saw it, how many likes, how many follows, how many clicks, how many views. That's an addiction. And that's a thing that when you stop posting, you cut that whole thing off. If you're not engaging, then you don't have to go back to see what the engagement is or wait for that ding on your phone or the little, you know, the red number to pop up on your app. You're, you don't have to wait for that to happen because it's not going to be there because you didn't initiate it to begin with. And I'm not arguing here that everyone should quit social and stop posting things. But what I am noting is the interesting thing that does take place, which is that as soon as you stop engaging in that direct way, as soon as you stop posting, you have just taken away a ginormous draw, right? The magnet that was there pulling you in over and over, it's a lot weaker. And so for me, for the last about six weeks or so, the only places that I've actually connected on social have been on my desktop computers. So if I'm not in my studio, I'm not looking at these apps. I'm not checking in. And so if I'm out and about using my phone, living my life, doing my thing, I'm not on social. It's not happening. I've taken hundreds of pictures that normally in the past, I would have posted so many of them. Pictures of my daughters, pictures of my Christmas break and New Year's and all these things I've been doing, right, which is living my life. But then it begs the question, am I living my life for me and my family or living my life just to show other people what I've been up to? What game am I playing here? Whose life am I really living? And I think it's really... I won't say sad, but it, there's this sense of loss 
that I definitely felt when I was no longer as connected as before. But then after I kind of got through that little, you know, that dip, let's say, as I came out of that feeling of that loss that I had from being so connected, then there came this new rebirth, this sense of who is Jeff Sanders when he's not trying to be the public version of him, right? We all have the public versions of our lives and then the private versions. And for most of human history, the public version wasn't even a thing. Nobody had access to that unless you had a literal public brand. But the digital age and the internet has provided that chance for all of us to have public personae. Is that even the right word? <laughs> you can have a public persona and you can also have your private life. And sometimes those things can coexist. My life and my business have always coexisted because I have a personal brand. My podcast, my business, my books, the content that I create, the speeches that I give, the coaching that I offer, all of these things are ultimately based on my experiences. So for me, it's a different experience that will probably be for you unless you also have a personal brand, in which case this conversation is it's more cloudy. It's not as easy to fully disconnect and have that be uh, a, an easy thing to, thing to do. Let's say, for example, that you're like, uh, I'll use my wife. Tessa is a good example here. My wife is very, very rarely on social. She's never had this sense of an addiction that I've had. She hasn't been as connected or had that same sense of desire to always be there as I have. And so for her to walk away from social is like, okay, fine, whatever. It's not a big deal because she wasn't really there anyway. But for me to walk away is a significant aspect of my personal life and my business life. And when those things are so intertwined, it is a more complicated thing to just simply say, I'm not going to be there anymore. Because to a certain degree, I, I have to be. I have to know what's going on so I can make sure to take care of things. So it just kind of brings me back to this question, though, of these last six weeks of me only checking in occasionally. What does that mean going forward? What does it mean for me? What will it mean for you if you were to decide to delete the apps from your phone? To actually delete your account from a certain app that no longer provides the value you thought that it did. For you to simply ask the question, who am I without social? Like I said before, I had that dip where I felt the loss of social, but then this rebirth took place. This rebirth of me as a, I'll use the term private citizen, right? Me as a person who's just alone. If I go for a hike in the woods and my phone's not with me, it's just me. Just me by myself living my life and I don't have to then take a snapshot of me with a squirrel and put that on Instagram. I've done that before, by the way. <laughs> so that's kind of my point, right? Like we have these, these two lives, these personal lives that are valuable and meaningful, and that's really all we have. And then we choose to share certain aspects of those things with the world, or we choose to simply watch what other people are putting out into the world. But when you ask that question about being healthy for yourself, physically healthy, mentally healthy, and productively healthy, I don't think that social media plays a healthy role in most of this conversation, right? I have a health-first approach to productivity. That is a mantra that I have been really beating down in this show for years now because that's, I mean, from personal experience of panic attacks and surgeries and chaos 
to where I am today, what I can tell you is that a health-first approach is extraordinarily important. But one aspect of that that I never really discuss is mental health. Physical health, yes. Fitness, diet, nutrition, love that stuff. Productive health, oh yeah, like having ways to block distractions and get to work, all great as well. But the mental health aspect of what it means to to have that little ping in the back of your brain to say, I should be online right now. I should be posting about my life right now. I should be looking cute in the mirror today so I can take a picture of myself and show the world what I look like today. Or I should be checking other people's cute photos that they've posted of themselves and their families online and look at their vacations, look at their businesses, look at their lives that are so awesome and look at little old me who's just not making it work. The comparison game is a death trap. It is the worst thing in the world. And I experience that every single day like any other person who looks at any of these apps. Like We are all vulnerable to these traps that take place because that's what these things have created. These platforms have created this comparison game that is a destructive nightmare for your mental health. And I'm not going to argue that me walking away for the last six weeks has made me and my mental health dramatically better. These things can take time, and to figure out who you are without things you're used to is a process. To redefine what your life is, to then incorporate new habits, new healthy choices, and to move forward in that direction, that takes time. But I can say that I feel very confident, for the first time in my entire adult life, very confident that this is the right choice. So when I'm discussing this concept of freedom from social media, what I'm really talking about is a personal freedom to make your own decisions, set your own boundaries, and decide for yourself what these things are, what they are not, what role they play, what role they don't play, and to define for yourself right here and now, here's who I would like to be, and here are the couple of steps that I can take to get there in a way that will produce the future version of me I want or the future version of my business that I want. Once you define and write this down, like literally write this down, here's who I'm trying to become and here are the elements that are required to get there and here are the things that are not required to get there that are actual distractions from my goals, life gets really simple. This is the magical part of goal achievement and really asking yourself to take your life to the next level is asking yourself what things will evolve with me to the next step and what things will I shed away? What aspects of me can I begin to to purge and let go of? There was an entrepreneur that I followed for a long time who frequently discussed uh, parts of his business that he was going to double down on and do more of for the next year. And specifically and intentionally kill off certain parts of his business that were not uh, as important anymore. Even if those things made money, even if those things had made a lot of money in the past, he was intentionally shedding parts of his business to double down on the focus for where he was going, which I found incredibly refreshing because for most of us, we hang on to things. We hang on to stuff because they used to have value. Right, That part of the business used to make money. This social app used to bring me value. Maybe it will in the future. And that maybe it will in the future element, it attaches you in a very permanent way to something that the value there has dropped. And yet it's still hanging on. You're still dragging it with you into the future. 
but the healthiest and most productive and focused version of you going forward is going to be a you that approaches very few things with extraordinary focus and extraordinary intensity and everything else has to be either minimized or just dropped off the plate completely. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is hard, right? I've discussed before how when you make a decision, I think the definition of decision is actually to kill off other choices. Like in the really like the hardcore definition of this word, a decision really means to choose one thing, but it actually means to kill off or say no to everything else. And making a choice like that to say, you know, for example, right now I'm recording a podcast. That means I'm not doing literally everything else in the world. I'm doing one thing right now. The power of a decision is extraordinary in the sense that you literally are choosing one thing over everything else. And when you move forward with new goals, right, into the new year, into these new opportunities, new potentials for you to become your best self, there will be things that are weights that are dragging you down. There will be elements of things that used to have value, but they don't anymore. And to identify those and intentionally kill them off, intentionally say, this is no longer part of my future. That's refreshing. That's exciting. That, to me, makes me feel fantastic. I've said before on this show a thousand times that what I love the most about productivity is deleting tasks, deleting events, canceling meetings. I love to free up time. That's just, it's a huge part of like what brings me joy is knowing that I can free up time because I know that that time can then be filled with something that I value even more. And the more of my life that I can just flood with things that bring out the best in me, that make me who I really want to be, well, then the things that don't matter as much that have felt important but aren't actually, they just kind of fade on their own in many ways. Now, some things you have to be intentional about, like, to delete an app from your phone, but other things really can just kind of walk away and you're just going to forget about them. I am very much the kind of person of an out of sight, out of mind, a lifestyle. Like that's how I operate. If I don't see something, I just don't notice it. I don't think about it. I don't care about it. 
So I knowing that's true about myself means I want to put things that matter to me right in front of me. So the home screen of my phone is a good example. The apps I've chosen to put right there on the home screen are the ones I want to check every day or frequently. They're the ones that matter to me. And all the other apps that I have are on the next screen in folders. They're intentionally put away. They're harder to get to. They're not as accessible. And that's done on purpose because I want to make sure what matters is in front of me and what doesn't matter is archived away. It's still available if it has to be, but it's in a folder of a folder of a folder put far, far away. That sense of organization, that practical like file structure you could have for your, your, your computer, your phone, these things are also indicative of what you value, what you put in front of you, what you check every day, what you check in on, what you constantly you know, have those touch points on every day, that defines your life. Your habits are you. And if you want to become a new person, your habits have to change. And if your habits involve you checking Twitter every 30 minutes for the next trending topic, then that's who you are as a person. You're the kind of person who checks Twitter. But wouldn't you rather be the kind of person who's making a move in a positive direction, choosing literally anything else to do with that time? There is something to be said about these little tiny choices that we make that seem insignificant. I'll just look at my phone one more time. I'll just check Instagram one more time. Those things add up, and they add up in a really significant way. And when you make a different choice to say those little checks, those little touch points, those are going to be minimized or completely eliminated from my life, all of a sudden, you have more time. In minute little you know, microseconds, you have more time at first, but those little microseconds add up to significant time that then gives you the choice. What will you do with that time? What will you opt into and say yes to? And when that becomes your default, when you're saying yes to something on purpose because it brings you value, because it defines the future version of you, that's who you're becoming. That's your new life. And so that, to me, has become where the place that I'm in now, right? I've reached that point of saying I am being more intentional, more than I ever have before, about saying these are the things that matter and these are the things that don't. So me in six months, me in a year, will be a different person. And that's exciting. It's exciting to know that the future version of me is better and the past version of me is just the past. And to shed away to let go, to have the freedom from these things that used to exist, it's a great thing. It's a really, really great thing to be able to double down on the habits that matter and to do the exact opposite with the habits that don't. I hope all of this makes sense. I tried a different strategy also in the episode this week uh, of kind of talking through these things in a way that I don't usually do. I actually had an entire script outlined with the very specific points I wanted to make. And I think I only said like three of them uh, out of many, many, many ideas that I had. So I would love to hear from you about your experience here with social media. Is it still part of your life? Is it not? Why Why are you staying? Why do you stay connected? Or why have you chosen not to? And do you think that your life is better or worse with or without social? I think these are very important conversations, especially regarding our mental health, our physical health, and of course, our productive health of getting more of the things done we actually care about. I want you to email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com. 
Tell me your thoughts. Uh, I will have an update about this topic later on in the podcast because I want to make sure that I get some real social engagement here, right? Some <laughs> feedback from you. Um, if you want to you know, tell me about these things on the Facebook group, go right ahead. I will check it occasionally. Uh, but let's just have a healthier perspective going forward. And let's find a better way to have these interactions, have these healthy relationships uh, without the baggage that might come from what the social apps have basically done to humanity, if you want to put it in that kind of stark way. Uh, So yes, email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com. And for the action step this week, schedule your social media pause. No, you do not have to delete your social accounts, at least not yet. The goal for now is to take an intentional break for a preset period of time and see what happens. Start with a weekend, a holiday break, or a full month and take notes on your experience to reflect on how it impacted your health, your habits, your relationships, or any other area that stands out to you. Knowing more about yourself and how social media operates in your world will only benefit you going forward. JeffSanders.com slash 473 is the place to go for episode notes. And of course, subscribe or follow this podcast at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can go to JeffSanders.com slash subscribe to see all the apps available. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.